All right, right into the word of the Lord this morning. Are you ready for God's word? We're going to be talking today about new creation. And so don't uh, let your mind go into neutral thinking, well, I know all about the new creation. I've been born again, and I'm looking forward to going to heaven someday. Well, that's certainly a big part of it, but there's more to it than that. All right? And so let's go ahead and get right into the word this morning. We're going to begin with... Uh, with Isaiah, let's, let's, let's begin with uh, Isaiah's chapter 65. Let's go there. And let's look at that particular verse in Isaiah 65. I believe it's in verse 17. In this particular chapter, Isaiah is declaring uh, God's judgment and the finality of salvation. Final salvation. So when you read that, I want you to keep it in that particular context. Think about the, the, the final salvation or the fulfillment of what he has promised us, the fulfillment of salvation. When, when, the, when the end finally looks again like it did in the very beginning before sin entered into the world. But here Isaiah makes a very bold declaration. He says, look, I'm creating new heavens. I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Let's reflect on that for a few moments. I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Did you ever have something brand new? You ever received something brand new? It was so awesome, so spectacular that you never even thought about the old one anymore? Anyone? Uh, you all satisfied with the old? Come on, I need some feedback this morning. You can't be sleeping on me. I know it's getting really difficult, but just in another week or two, the clocks will turn back, and it will actually be daylight when the alarm goes off. <laughs> all right? I know it's brutal when the alarm goes, and it's, and it's still dark as and it's, it's still We still should be sleeping, but uh, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. And so in, in thinking about new creation, the new creation story, a new heavens and a new earth, and it's going to be so spectacular, you're not even going to think about the old. Think about your own personal experience in walking with God, your new birth experience. Is it and has it been and is it, does it continue to be so spectacular, you don't even think about the old any longer? Personally, I think way too many of us as Christians still think about the old much more than we ought to be. This new creation that we have come into through the, uh, through the new birth, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is so spectacular, so awesome, and it has such a bright future that's beyond even our comprehension, and that we should uh, get, be enraptured in it and so caught up in it that we're no longer stuck in what I used to be. Would you bring the slide up, please, of the that I have for the, a little visual aid here this morning. I want to show you something here. I know this is really deep, but you're going to get it. <laughs> there. What do you see there on the right side of the screen? A butterfly. A butterfly. Awesome. Good answer. You guys are really on this morning. What we're seeing there is the new creation. We're seeing a new creation. You know, when you see a butterfly, I didn't hear anyone say, oh, look, a caterpillar that's been saved by grace. 
You saw a butterfly. It was a caterpillar, but now it's a butterfly. And understanding the power of what God has done in our lives when he made us a new creation in Jesus Christ is one of the primary keys to walking in victory and in power in this life. Our identity is no longer what we once were. We were an old person. We were sinners, but now we are completely new. We are a brand new creation. And just like when you see a butterfly, you don't say, oh, look, oh, look a caterpillar. It used to be a caterpillar, but now it's a butterfly. No, you just say, oh, it's a beautiful butterfly. It's a beautiful, beautiful butterfly, a new creation. Likewise, I want us to begin to develop to a greater degree, to wherever you're at in your walk with God, you're thinking, whatever level that you are with, with God in, in your mind renewal, and thinking about yourself in the new creation that you are. And no longer be thinking of yourself as a butterfly. You see, that butterfly is pretty much bound to, uh, uh, to earth. It can't fly. It, it can't really navigate that quickly. It's, it's, kinda, it's, it's grounded. It's very limited. But before it became a butterfly, it ceased being a caterpillar. You will never experience the new creation in its fullness. You need to stop being a caterpillar and you need to allow the process of the new birth work its way out from within you. Allow the cocoon process to take place and, and then allow yourself to be born again, to break out of what was, break out of it, break out of that cocoon and break into something completely new, a butterfly and in our creation, in our situation, a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. So so keep those thoughts in mind, and let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. When we started the series a few weeks ago on dwell, uh, uh, Chris Lasbach started us off from, from the Gospel, John, chapter 1, on, and also in Genesis, and he's talking about who is God, and then the second week we talked about humanity, and the third week was that we, we discovered how we are created to dwell in week four, we discussed from the Word of God how uh, sin has been removed. And then last week, Chris was back again and did week number five and taught on how the enemy has been defeated. And so today's new creation. The enemy is defeated, and we have a new creation. So to recapture the, the last several weeks, just let me reread these verses again from the Gospel of John chapter 1. And I would do well to go there rather than Matthew 1. And here I am. John 1, verse 1 through 5, says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Let's jump down to verse 9. It says, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and they even rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, new birth, new creation, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became flesh, or the word became human or flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and 
faithfulness. Unfailing love and faithfulness. So, in Scripture, we are discovering, we'll see it even uh, clearer today, that the Creator, God the Creator, is dwelling among us. And His name is Jesus. He's making a, 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 he is the one who brings us into the new, new birth experience. We're saved by grace through faith because of the work of Jesus Christ at the cross. We are created all over again, a brand new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you can bring that verse up for us. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 is, a, is a, just a, a good foundational verse for that. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Now, remember Isaiah's prophecy, new heavens and a new earth is going to be so spectacular. We're not even going to think about the old one anymore. Your new birth experience is so spectacular, we should not be spending the time that we are spending on the old. We should be so fixated on the new, so awestruck by what God has done in us. His mercy and his grace towards us is absolutely incredible when we take the time to think on it and, and, and to dwell in his presence and to recognize it. the creator God. The creators of the heavens and the earth, the creator of all that we know, is the one that is dwelling in us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so if you really want to get connected and, 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 and have a, a consciousness of, of uh, the, the, the place where heaven and earth meet together, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to experience that. We want to, uh, we, we want to have that be a reality in our lives. We need to, again, train ourselves and discipline ourselves to keep looking to Jesus, the author, the beginning, and the ending of our faith. It's so easy to get distracted and get our eyes off of Jesus and get it on all the other circumstances that are going on around us in us and through us, but when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we, we keep fixated on what Isaiah prophesied to be new heavens and a new earth, and it'll be so spectacular, we're not even thinking about the old one anymore. Your new birth experience is absolutely spectacular, and we want to train ourselves to be thinking on it and meditating on it at all times. I'm going to be giving you quite a bit of scripture today, and we're going to go over them quite quickly, but I encourage you to, you know, to jot down some of these scriptures and just make it a purpose that I'm, I'm, you're going to go back and just reread them and, and meditate on them and, and even spend some time just weaving them together and, and, and allowing this new creation story really become solidified to a much greater degree within your heart. But I'm going to read a couple of verses now from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. And I'm going to have a couple of verses also from the, the, the second chapter of Ephesians as well. So Ephesians 1, 9 and 10. It says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. So you were all just asking there when I was reading verse 9, you're thinking, well, what is it? <laughs> How many people are saying, what is it? What's the plan? Keep reading verse 10. And this is the plan at the right time. Everyone say at the right time. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything together under the authority of Christ. 
You say, what's everything? Everything in heaven and on earth. Everything in heaven and on earth. Everyone say heaven and earth. The new creation story. We have it solidified to a degree, but I, I think what I have to share with you this morning is going to stimulate your thinking to a, uh, to a greater depth and, and, and to open up a door into a broader way of thinking about your life and, and, and really coming to a place that, yes, it makes sense what Isaiah prophesied. It's going to be so awesome that I'm not even thinking about the former anymore. I'm just thinking about the new heavens and the new earth. And so at the right time, Jesus is bringing, God is bringing everything together through Jesus Christ under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth, everything. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, we see that we are saved by grace through faith. Very familiar passages of scripture to most of us that have been born again and involved in, in kingdom work, involved in the local church. Then in verse 19 through 22 of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling. This whole series has been called Dwelling, how God is dwelling with us. We are dwelling with God. It says, through him, you Gentiles are all being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Where God lives by his spirit. And so we saw earlier in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we have this new life. So the creator, God himself, is dwelling among us, and his name is Jesus. And as we are born again through faith in Jesus Christ, that, that becomes the place where heaven and earth meet. Heaven and earth are meeting. And, 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 and uh, if you want to be with God, thinking about your life with God, how awesome it is, where things are created new, then we need to just continue to train ourselves to look at Jesus Christ and God's plan through Jesus Christ, how that through Jesus Christ, everything on heaven and earth, all, everything together on the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. So quickly, what did Jesus all accomplish in the new birth? I'm just going to throw these out there for you. Uh, you mostly are familiar with these. But first of all, he created in us new hearts, created a new heart within us. We have the promise of new bodies in 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. If you're not familiar with it, I encourage you to read it, especially the latter part of it. Verse 25 through 58 talks about our new bodies. Verse 54 in that particular passage of Scripture says, Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die. So that's something that Christ has created within us, and it's something that's being worked out. Uh, he's given us new desires, new desires and new attitudes uh, towards kingdom work, new life. New hearts, new bodies, new desires, new life. We have a new family. We just read that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. We're now a part of the family of God. And we also 
As a result of being born again in new creation, we have a new purpose. We are created uh, in Christ Jesus. In, in verse 10 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, says we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're going to talk about that in more detail next Sunday morning. That's the title for next week is The Theology of Work. And we're really going to discover, is our, is our thinking right concerning our vocation, concerning life, concerning what we're doing? And, and the, the Word of God has much to say about that and, and, and be thinking about that and how heaven and earth have been brought together through Jesus Christ. It puts a whole new perspective on, on what you are doing and, and, and on your gifts and your callings. So from the beginning... From the beginning, where God rules and reigns, heaven and earth are now brought together. And from the beginning to the very end of the scripture, we see that God doesn't give up on his plan or intention for all of creation. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't given up on the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He declared it good. He declared it good. And so we want to continue to, to develop that that understanding of that. So the good news, the gospel, the good news is not just uh, uh, that Jesus died so that you won't have to spend eternity in hell or being separated for eternity from God. That is a big part of it, and that's certainly an introduction into it, and, but it's not the complete story, and it's not the full story, and I think because we haven't very often heard the full story, we, that, that's one of the reasons why I think we get stuck in that attitude of, a, of a, yes, I am a new creation, I'm no longer a caterpillar, I'm now a butterfly, but I still think a lot of, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about my life as a caterpillar. But Isaiah said this new birth experience and this new heavens and new earth and this new birth experience would be so awesome we wouldn't even be spending time thinking about the former. Now only you yourself know how much time you spend in the former life, how much you keep talking about it, how much you keep meditating on it, how much you keep thinking about it. But you know, where, I'm just encouraging you, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in that and to bring you out of that and put the past in its proper perspective and, and, and learn to bring the new creation realities into, into your life in place of that. So in this series, we've been talking about creation. We've discovered uh, how God created everything and declared it good. And then we saw how uh, the fall through Adam and Eve's transgression in the Garden of Eden, they, they, they bought into the lie that the serpent brought to them and sin entered into the world. Then we saw that sin had been taken care of through Jesus Christ and how we have redemption through Jesus Christ. And so uh, today we want to continue to focus now on new creation. All this happens, everything, the creation, the fall, Jesus, and the redemption through Jesus Christ, the new creation that we are to be experiencing today and on throughout eternity, all this happens by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so we, we read the verses to you from the Gospel of John chapter 1. Just as, a, as a reorientation of in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and through Him all things cre were created. Nothing was created except things that were created through Him, etc. And so uh, one of the reasons John wrote the gospel, and also many of the epistles deal with, especially in the first century church, is there was a religion that is a, uh, an ideology known as Gnosticism. 
And Gnosticism, it's a Greek word, and the meaning of it is knowledge. And the Greeks were known for loving their knowledge. They loved just accumulating all the knowledge they could. They loved sitting around and just exploring and discussing and just really just taking it to a higher level in the realm of knowledge. But Gnosticism also taught that all matter or physical material is evil and temporary, and only the soul and the spirit are eternal. And a true Gnostic, a person that really adhered to the, to the theology of Gnosticism, really believed that the goal was to escape the physical creation and to go live in an eternal, non-physical existence. Just leave, escape the body and just go beyond somewhere into just a spiritual abyss someplace and there's absolutely no matter and, and no physical because all matter and physical Existence was considered to be evil and to be, and to be escaped from. Some people refer to it as an escapist theology. Escapist theology. And, but uh, I have this quote from uh, Sky uh, Jethonai. He has a devotional and it's uh, titled With God Daily. And listen to what he says here. He said, a, a biblical vision of salvation must include bodies and matter. It must accept that God created a physical cosmos and declared it good. When you read Genesis, did he not create and then God declared it to be good? Y'all agree with that? He declared it good? So it must, so a biblical vision of salvation must include bodies and matter. It must accept that God created a physical cosmos and declared it good. It must affirm that God became a physical man to dwell among us. He experienced a physical death and he, and, and he defeated its power with a physical resurrection in order to redeem physical bodies and a physical creation. A physical creation. So think about that for a while. And let me ask you this question. Do you believe that in your own life or our Christian culture can be Gnostic, viewing the physical world as having less significance to God than the spiritual world? And how do you see this affecting your Christian life? Your experience, your church experience, ask yourself, or just think about it, what part of the gospel have you, has been emphasized in your Christian life? Was it creation? A lot of emphasis on creation, a lot of emphasis on the fall, a lot of emphasis on Jesus, redemption, new creation, or restoration, and then what effects does it have in your life? You know, as if a certain group of a, a, a local church, the emphasis is only on, on one of those, you know, it, it, it can leave you out of balance, out of kilter. And so, and also my question is, how does your view of the future shape how you are living your life right now? I know a lot of Christians and I'm having conversation with them, they're just waiting for the day when they can escape this physical body and go to heaven. You go, Pastor Ray, don't you want to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven in due season. 
but that's not the only thing I'm looking forward to. That kind of feels like an end game. That's not eternity. Creation. What did God create? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the... And then he went on and created all the others. And then he created humanity. And he declared it all to be very good. God is bringing everything together in his timing under the authority of Jesus Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Everything in heaven and on earth. I want to share with you a series of uh, verses. I'm going to give you seven verses. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one, but I'm, I'm going to give these to you. And are, again, I want to encourage you to just take them in and just continue to review them, read them, reflect on them, because as we talk about Jesus, God bringing everything together in due season under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. I want to share with you, it's amazing how many Bible verses combine in the same verse, heaven and earth. You're probably familiar with one of them, you know, the prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. That's just one of them. But let's start here. Let's put them in order. So the kingdom of God has aspects that are heavenly, aspects that are earthly. And to understand the kingdom, we want to understand God's purpose for both heaven and earth. And so here we go. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You're probably very familiar with that. So he already had planned the kingdom. He already had planned the crucifixion. He already had planned the, resurre the resurrection. And, and uh, what he wanted the end was already in his thoughts from the beginning. He created the heavens and the earth because he had a purpose for both. He had a purpose for both. And so he, everything he created in both heaven and earth was good, even very good. The problems entered with the rebellion of Satan and the sin of man. And ultimately, sinful and satanic things will be removed again. And the heavens and the earth redeemed to their final purposes. We saw that a couple of weeks ago. I shared with you, well, just this morning from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, but a couple of weeks ago I read to you from Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through, uh, 19 through 22. I encourage you again to read that and, and, to, and, and purpose to think about that God had a purpose for both and, he's, and his redemption, they're going to both come back into their final purpose, heaven and earth. Psalm 115, verse 16 says, the heavens... Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The earth he has given to the children of men. Now, men don't own the earth. God owns the earth, but he's given it to men. There's a couple different analogies you, can, you, you could use here, but you could use it as a, let, let's say you're, you're a, you, you own apartment buildings. Well, if I own an apartment building and I, you leased an apartment from me, now that apartment is yours because... You signed the lease on it. I own the apartment, but you have the lease to it. I don't have the authority anymore just to go in that apartment and decorate it like I want to. As a matter of fact, I'm not even allowed to go in there without your permission. It's my apartment, but I can't go in. I can't do with whatever I want to. It's yours. You, I, I, I signed the lease to you. I gave you permission. This is yours. It's yours to take care of. It's yours to dwell in. 
That's how the earth is to us. We have the lease on it, but we don't own it. But we're supposed to take good care of it. So we want to take good care of it. So the heavens and even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has given, he has given to the children of men. Another verse, I, this one I shared earlier, 6517, talks about the new heaven and the new earth. And so it's just absolutely incredible. I, I think I always knew that verse was in there, the beginning part of it. I'm creating a new heaven and a new earth. But I never really thought much about the latter part of the sentence there. Is, and, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. No one will even think about the old ones anymore. I think a great challenge for the rest of the day and the rest of our lives would be every time we catch ourselves thinking about our old life before Christ, we need to discipline ourselves and stop it. This new life is so wonderful. I have so much to be thankful for. <clears throat> I have so many good things going on. God has such a wonderful plan for my life. I need to stop wasting time reflecting on what was and start embracing and enjoying what is and what is to come. It was a great place for you to say amen. amen. So basically, I really believe it's scriptural to, to uh, renew our minds to the reality that, uh, you know, the new heavens and the new earth. I don't think this means that the current universe is going to go out of existence, but that God is going to restore, renew, and redeem. Restore, renew, and redeemed. So let's get in on it. Let's enjoy everything that God has in store uh, for us and, and everything that he wants to do in our lives and on the earth today. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and 5. Blessed, verse 3 says, blessed are the poor. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Next verse, five. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. I've always looked at that verse, and basically, I guess because I've always heard that verse being taught in the subject of humility. You need to be humble. And we do need to be humble, and, we, and it certainly is a godly attribute to be humble, to be teachable, but I never really spent a lot of time reflecting on, I don't ever think I heard it taught on that much, that, that uh, a fruit of that humility is that we will inherit the earth. Well, what are we going to do with it? You know, when I think of inheriting something, I think, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> Hopefully, so I'm going to inherit something that I enjoy. It adds to my life. Well, we're going to inherit the earth. Is that hard for your, to wrap that around your mind? You're going to inherit the earth. <laughs> We're talking about new creation, more than just being born again and having assurance that you're going to go to heaven, but the rest of this life just kind of goes on like it was before. It's not to go on like it was before, and it's not just so we go to heaven. It's throughout eternity. What's going to be taking place? The universe is still in existence, and God still has a plan for the universe, and he has a plan for planet Earth, and humanity is here. New heaven and a new earth. I know there's many injustices in our world, but the good news is, is that God is powerful, 
God is equitable, he's moral, and he is going to remove all the unjust elements and the pure in heart are gonna inherit the earth. Things are gonna be good. Things are gonna be good. So don't allow yourself to have that Gnostic thinking, that escapist theology, or an eternal separation of physical and spiritual. I don't think it's, I don't think that the escapist theology or an eternal separation of the physical and spiritual, I don't think it's according to a, a biblical worldview. I think the Bible describes God as benevolent, as a benevolent creator who creates both, the, who created both the spiritual and the physical, and he, he will do so in a restored, and restored, renewed, and a perfected universe. That's what we have to look forward to in this new creation. Then we have Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. I told you I'm not going to talk much in each verse, so I need to keep going here. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's probably the most often uh, declared prayer. It's a prayer and the words in it, do we really stop and think about what we just prayed? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I discovered by reading a Asher and Trader's book on authority, he stated in that book, I never knew it, but he said, it's worth noting that the Jewish prayer book ends every service with the prayer. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I'm going to butcher this, or I could just spell it for you, but I think it's Alanu, A-L-E-I-N-U. That's the prayer, which includes the words tikkun olam, tikkun olam, which means to restore or repair the world to restore or to repair the world in Matthew 28 and 18 Jesus said all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth he has that dual authority heaven and earth and he's given it to us in his name in his name and then Ephesians chapter 1 the last one Ephesians 1 in verse 10. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Everything on heaven and on earth. Unfortunately, for many of us, way too many of us, there's a separation between things in heaven and things on earth. But God's will is that ultimately all things, both in heaven and earth, will be brought together through Jesus Christ. This was his mission to unite heaven and on heaven and earth and we are included in that picture in that redemption and so the new creation story the new creation story beyond yes I got I was a sinner but now I'm saved and I thank God for the grace of God and that's basically it 
and one day when I leave this earth, I'm going to go to a place called heaven. And then other than that, I really don't know. I want you to know there's a, there's, there's a bright future, and it's so awesome. The new heavens and the new earth are so incredible. We won't even have time to think about what was. And we should start practicing that now in our daily lives. Practicing, not remembering what was, but embracing what is and is to come. What is and is to come. Nathan, I don't know who the songwriters are in this church, but I, 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 I hear that as a song title, At the Right Time. At the Right Time. Everyone say, At the Right Time. So everything that God has promised in his word, for everything to be completely restored, for all evil and injustices and inequalities, all these things to be separated and, and a new heaven and a new earth and we are all a part of it. We, we, we inherit the new heavens and the new earth. We inherit it. There's life, life beyond. I can't quite comprehend what it's all about, but it certainly gives me plenty to think about. That's a, a whole lot more exciting than thinking about what was. There's so much to think about and to contemplate what is, what is and what is to come throughout all of eternity. I want to challenge you to be thinking about that and embrace the new creation the, uh, realities that God has caused to come about through our personal Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. Amen. Has that given you something to think about the rest of the day? Meditate on it, think on it, and really ask yourself, to what degree has, do I have a Gnostic mentality that everything in this world is just evil, it's carnal, and I can't wait to be separated from it forever. Well, I don't want to be separated from the earth forever because I understand it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be redeemed, and I inherit it. Amen? So I don't want to just be a, a spirit out there floating around. There's more life to be lived. Amen? Well, I feel like I've given you a lot, and it's hard not to, to shut it down because there's so many ways we could do, go with it, but I just wanted to give that to you this morning, to thinking of, about new creation and, and to open up your eyes to a greater degree. But perhaps you're here this morning or you're watching us online today, and you say, well, I've never even entered into that first phase you're talking about, receiving Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. That's, that all begins with, first of all, let's receive Jesus. Let's, let's, let's receive forgiveness of our sin. And we do that, Scripture teaches us, through believing that he is the Son of God and believing that he did come to earth and that he did die at Calvary's cross. He did shed his blood for us. And, and he died and was buried and was resurrected again on the third day. And he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father. If we believe those things in our heart, we confess those things to be true. We accept the saving grace of God into our hearts. We do, that, we do so by believing it and acknowledging it, saying yes to Jesus. So if you never said yes to Jesus, let's just take a moment here in the sanctuary and those of you that are watching online, just pause for just a moment and ask yourself, have I said yes to Jesus and to the wonderful gift of salvation and the, and the new life realities that are available for me through Jesus Christ? And if you have never committed to it and said yes to it, this is your moment to say yes to Jesus. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to worship together this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. And Lord, I thank you for all the hearers. And I thank you, Lord God, that if anyone's listening, anyone is here or anyone's participating online and they never 
or just pause for a moment. You know what? I've never said yes to Jesus, to his goodness, to his mercy, to becoming a new creation. But today is my day to say this prayer. Say, thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart that he died for me, shed his blood for me, that you raised him from the grave, and he's now seated at your right hand. My sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. I receive that today as a grace gift from you, Father. I'm now born again, child of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you prayed that for your very first time, you're here with us, make sure you let one of us know. And uh, we would love to celebrate with you. And also, if you are watching us online and you prayed that for the first time, just let us know. Shoot us an email or just whatever's your best way of communicating with us. Just let us know. We'd love to celebrate together with you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. If there's a prayer, will happen up here. If you need prayer, some prayer partners will meet you up here. At this time, Aaliyah has a few things to share, and then we'll be on our way. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday morning.